Genre. To Spider-Man Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze and celebrate the movie Spider-Man one kid-saving minute at a time. I'm Zach Luna. I'm Scott Corelli. And I'm Lindsay Romaine. Welcome. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, happy to uh, have you. I had, a, I, had a, I had a really good time with you on uh on Alien Minute with uh with John Engel and and so I wanted you uh on this show. So there we go. Yeah, thank you for inviting me. Oh yeah. yeah. Always good to bring more Spidey people into the fold. Uh today. Mm-hmm. But today we're talking minute 69, which uh, begins with young Billy about to be crushed by a globe and uh, ends with a, uh, a shot of Spider-Man just staring at the camera, I guess. Uh, <laughs> concerned, about, <laughs> yeah. concerned about Mary Jane. <laughs> right. Um, um, little Billy. Presumably. You can't tell because his, his, his mask doesn't emote like our, uh, our, yeah. our new Spider-Man. Like our new Spider-Man. Um, <laughs> He's just you static. can just assume what's going on under there. Um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, that, that uh, come on move kid uh, is... It's funny because he's I, I it's a funny moment because like you could just go save him um instead of just like waiting for him to maybe die before you go save him. <laughs> the like begrudging decision to like, all right, now I'll jump in. <laughs> yeah. Raise the tension a bit. Uh, he's like taking the time to tell the kid to like, come on, move, kid. <laughs> Maybe just go save him. Yeah, How about, maybe that's like, enough time yeah. <laughs> to like yeah. to nod a couple times and say, oh, come on, move, kid. Is enough time to just leap down there and do it. Uh, <laughs> maybe he wants the kid to feel independent of his own uh, <laughs> like ability to save himself. I don't know. Uh, yeah. I, I will. A, a fun thing I dug up while researching this minute that I, I do think is worth saying, because I, I wanted to know what little Billy had been up to since this movie. Um <laughs> And okay. uh, little Billy, please tell us the tell us the wait, tale wait, of little Billy. It, I just yeah. want to make because I did not look this up at all, but he really reminds um, me of um, the kid who played Beans on. <laughs> you guys watch that show? He does. He does yeah. seem like Beans. Um, right. Yeah. No, he's he's not actually. <laughs> this is um, this is Shane Haberstad is the name of little Billy. Um, okay. and when I was looking him up, I was kind of like, oh, look at that. That's kind of fun. He grew up to be a stunt man. Uh, he works in stunts oh. in film and television. I was like, that's kind of fun. And then I dug a little deeper and I realized, why is the, the name Haberstad familiar to me? It's because the stunt coordinator on Spider-Man is Jeff Haberstad, who is Shane's father. So Jeff had his eight-year-old son uh, have this little bit <laughs> in the movie where Spider-Man comes in and saves him. And uh, they literally did rig him up on a wire and had Chris Daniels, Spidey stuntman, uh, come in and grab him off the ground. I mean, the, they used a CGI shot in the actual film, but on the day they 
they really did it. And he got to swing in the air with Spider-Man and he loved it so much that I assume he talked to his dad about eventually going into film, uh, stunt, stunt, uh, production full time. And, uh, he made it happen. I just thought that was kind of sweet. So wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the stunt man in the making little Billy. <laughs> Maybe that's why Spider-Man let him have his moment to shine. Cause he like knew he was capable. Right. Yeah. yeah. He, could, he could see the, the promise in his eyes that like one day <laughs> this kid will be doing the flips and the jumps. Maybe he can do it right now. <laughs> I won't. Right. <laughs> um, so this bit where uh, the goblin uh, comes out of the, the stands up out of the tent and says, "I surrender." Yeah. Um, that bit in the uh, in the shooting draft is a little. There's a little bit more to it, um, which is they they did this thing where they basically. You know, one of the major complaints that you hear from a lot of people about about uh, these Raimi movies is that like they're not like funny enough. Mm-hmm. Um, that 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 Spider Man isn't uh, isn't funny enough. Not and, creepy. Yeah, um, and and so one of the things that they cut that's in the shooting draft is actually Green Goblin saying, "I surrender." Media violence made me do it. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I, uh, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's just the reason the, for, uh, Timothy Oliphant in Scream 2, um, <laughs> was the whole media violence angle. I don't know if that's going to work out for the goblin, but, uh, yeah. So they, they cut that little quip thing, um, which is, which is good. Um, but then also when Spider-Man, uh, leaps down on him after, after like saving Billy, um, before he catches his punch, Green Goblin says, how dare you interfere with me? What do you want? And Spider-Man says, world peace, but I'll settle for your chin. Oh, God. Which oh, is <laughs> real, real bad. And I'm oh. glad they cut that. Yeah, um, that's awesome. a groaner. <laughs> but what's funny is I can absolutely hear Tobey Maguire say that line. Yeah. That's a- <laughs> That's like a Spider-Man three line. <laughs> uh huh. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, that's real, really not good at all. Um, and then when he catches uh, Spider-Man's punch, the green goblin says, see what I did there. Um, oh, which I guess, I guess is like, I, I don't know. Like catching it. I, I don't, I don't yeah, exactly. like usually when you say, see what I did there, there's like you some sort that. of, a pun or like action uh, beat or something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's like something of just like, of like, Oh, see what I did there. Like I'm clever. Like it's kind of like a pointing out how clever you are thing. Yeah. And and so like just catching his punch, like, I don't know why I'm glad they cut that line too, is what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, um, yes. Likewise. See what I did there. See. Uh, <laughs> like, obviously I saw what you did. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, I know. My hand, hand is my in eyes. your hand. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Usually see what I did there is like, I don't know, you you did a double entendre of some kind and you're like pointing oh. out your wordsmithing. Like it's a mm-hmm. it's a thing you can't oh. see with your eyes. So you have to point it out like, did you see what I did there? And no. Also, <laughs> yeah. If you see what I did there, it usually means that like the joke wasn't that funny. Like you're admitting that it was like a low like low level yeah. bit of low through, yeah. yeah cleverness in yeah. to begin with <laughs> right see what i did there uh, um i don't know yeah cuz i mean that's that line has 
like it started being sort of ironic where you have like a person say a bad joke and then say, see what I did there. And then the other characters like, yeah, yeah, we got it. Like, right. Yeah. We didn't laugh because it wasn't funny. Like that's, it was like an ironic thing. And now it's been used that way so much that it's come around to just being clammy. Like you just, you can't, you can't use it. Like yeah. it's, it's just like one of those bad, like no, no lines of dialogue where you just, you know, don't, don't do that. Don't use that. No. Um, so, uh, so the other thing that I, I, I had to point out was so like the other thing that we've been reading. So we've been going through the shooting draft, but, um, David Kep got sole screenwriting credit, uh, for this film, Lindsay, but his final draft of the screenplay that he worked on was actually two drafts earlier than the shooting draft. Um, so his draft is really different and the other screenwriters just like, kind of chose not to go into arbitration. They were like, no, that's okay. We give up our rights. David Kep can just have sole screenwriting credit, um, which is weird for such a big movie like this. Yeah. Um, but uh, in, in David Kep's draft, this is all happening. And then we cut to the, the goblin on the glider shooting uh, Spider-Man in this, in this, like he does here with the machine gun, like chasing after him. Um, and it cuts to video footage of it on the news and we don't see who's watching the news. We just see, uh, someone grab a glass and then a tentacle arm, what? grab ice and a bottle of whiskey and another tentacle arm and then bring the glass to lips. And it's, it's no. Dr. Octopus. What? Uh, Watching it on TV. And if you remember earlier in the script, uh, Dr. Otto Octavius would, it was introduced in the same accident that gave, Norman, uh, his gave Norman his powers. And we haven't seen him again since, but it says that he's got scars all over his body and the, the, the arms are burnt onto his body and he's just sitting and he's a mess watching this on TV. And he starts shouting, that's my glider because he invented the glider in what in this draft of the script. And so he says, that's my glider. And then starts just shouting. He starts like throwing the, he throws the glass at the TV and then starts punching holes in the ceiling with his arms screaming. Mine, 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 mine. Oh my goodness. Gracious. That's like yeah. the, the scene from Inglorious Bastards when Hitler's like, mine, mine. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, really <laughs> strange. Different language, but you know. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's a weird, it's a weird moment. Uh, and then when we cut back to the goblin, like he says, I'm warning you, Spider-Man, I'm no purse snatcher or chain grabber. I am like you. I am more than you. And then punches Spider-Man and uh, he goes like sailing through the air. Um, but uh, that's a yeah, it's, it's, it's weird. There's some, there's some not great dialogue. Like I'm, I think what I'm, what I'm learning is that the reason that Spider-Man doesn't talk that much is because a lot of the dialogue they wrote for him was not very good. And they were like, this doesn't work at all. Let's just get rid of it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think that's why Toby Spider-Man tends to be more of a quiet uh, 
like kind of uh you know strong silent type um because uh Cause no like, one wants to actually hear what he says when he opens his mouth because it's not good yeah um i don't think i've heard a single one of these quips that i was like yeah let's keep that in uh that, that's the well the one go. from the one from yesterday was okay uh the one from the shooting draft that he, where he said uh uh the goblin said, uh, get out of my way or I'll destroy you. And Spider-Man oh, says, get out of my way or I'll destroy you, please. Um, which <laughs> that's, is, kind of funny. Yeah. that's okay. Yeah, um, yeah. that, that, that works. That's, uh, that's gotta be our bar of quality for, uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> for quick complaints. It's gotta be at least as good yeah. as the sarcastic repeat with a please. Uh, right. yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, the, uh, so I think, I think one of my, one of my issues with this, um, uh, sequence, uh, once Spider-Man is fighting the goblin Mm -hmm. is that he has, you know, as Kep sort of like makes the goblin point out out loud, uh, he's only been fighting like purse snatchers and, and stuff like that. Like really, you know, low end, you know, convenience store robbers and things like that really low end stuff like not much of a challenge for a guy like spider-man um and now he's fighting this guy and i feel like he's not particularly overwhelmed the way that i kind of wish he was yeah Um, he's like adapting to it a little too quickly for me i think yeah like he should be astonished that this is even possible um right like he just gets punched into a or kicked into a a light post and the light post bends in half. <laughs> I I feel like he's just like what in the man is that what it feels like when I punch people or something like yeah. it 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 there should be a little something and and he should be like desperately trying to to you know keep up with this guy. Um and it doesn't it doesn't feel like that. I mean, he's like running away from the machine guns, but it's not like he's he's literally just running in a straight line. Like it's <laughs> it's like that. It's like that Charlize Theron thing from Prometheus, like, um, you know, like, r- run to the side or something or yeah, don't, just don't, you know, make don't it a little more hard on him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It, I just I wish it was a little more of a struggle for him. Um, I think that's fair. Just yeah. In general. Yeah. Although isn't, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, isn't the counter argument that maybe that like um, Norman Osborn has just come into these sort of powers too. So maybe they're both kind of figuring out their strengths at the same time. Yeah, Yeah. I I definitely agree with that. But I I would like to see then more mistakes being made on both their parts. Both ends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even out that way a little bit more. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but, but, but I, but I, but I agree. Like, I don't, I don't like that. He's, he's so slick either. Um, (laughs) I don't know where he got all this practice on this glider. Right. Um, (laughs) That he can so casually like know the amount of force it takes to be like impressive catch Spidey's fist and then just kick him into this ridiculous (laughs) kick type of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Either it needs to go further one way or the other, I guess. Um, I don't know. I do like that. They, they go ahead and do the practical stunt of Spidey crashing through all of this stuff on these tables. Like Mm -hmm. I feel this sort of like, uh, you know, somebody gets thrown by a superheroic force and crashes into things like today would 100% be CGI stuff being broken, but they literally like, 
hung a stunt guy on a wire on a track and just smashed him through a bunch of champagne glasses. And I think that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Like, I, <laughs> like a champagne castle, basically. Yeah. yeah. It's like, there's something charming about that. Like, um, I don't know, that tactile feeling of like, it looks goofy when the lamppost falls, <laughs> but I like that they physically put a lamppost there and crashed him into it. I love right. it. Yeah. <laughs> I also love in movies when uh, there's a prop on set that's going to get destroyed that is um, sort of intricately put together because that's like part of the joke a lot of times. Or in this case, it's just like, oh, yeah, it's just like a tower of of cups and stuff like that. But like, I always like it in movies when that stuff gets destroyed um, because somebody worked really hard putting it together and making it look just right. And then, and then, uh, their hard work is destroyed, like in, in, in for eternity, all captured on film forever. Yeah. Um, and I just, you relive the moment of your, of your baby being destroyed over and over and over again. It's like um, the, the dominoes principle writ large. There's something kind of like thrilling. I don't know if it's masochism or something more about like right? you take a bunch of time setting something up, like a bunch of rows of dominoes and you're yeah. very careful the whole time. And then it all psh, falls apart. And there's yeah. this like thrill you get at the end. Like, Oh yeah. Yeah. All of yeah. us for nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I remember uh, watching behind the scenes stuff when independence day came out and they talked about like, yeah, we spent like, we've spent like nine weeks, like building this white house model. Um, and it's very intricate and we're going to show you all through it. And now we're going to blow it up. Uh, <laughs> and I just, I'm just like, man, I can't even imagine the day of just, yeah, I spent nine weeks working on this thing and now I'm going to blow it to smithereens oh, and it's going to be, one of the most iconic cinematic moments of the nineties. Yeah. Um, like <laughs> it's gotta, crazy. You've got to like hope that it goes right too. Cause then we'll yeah, I know. all over again. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. That's rough. Um, yeah. Uh, maybe. Okay. So shouting Mary Jane, maybe not the best idea if you're trying to keep your secret identity under wraps. I'm just yeah, saying. Probably not. Um, but I know but- it's a reflex, but. Come on. There's something yeah. about that image, though, that I love of him, like, turning just so, so nakedly, cartoonedly, like, Mary Jane, just the, like, flipping around. I love the way we sort of push in the camera there and finally have him, like, lit straight on all alone in this frame with his big white eyes. I don't know why that seems so Spider-Man to me, even though it's a terrible idea. I, I just love that image of that moment, the, like, really quick turn to camera. Mm-hmm. It's almost like the... uh like the cheese moment when we first saw Spidey in this movie, when he's like um, fighting robbers and he puts up a camera to like take pictures of himself for the daily bugle. And he yeah. like turns to say cheese. Like it has that same sort of like, Oh, there's Spider-Man feeling to it. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Um, Lindsay, do you, uh, what are your, what are your sort of overall thoughts on, uh, on this film? We're, we're trying to, we're trying to, uh, segregate and keep the, uh, the sequels out of the discussion right now. Right. Um, but but this particular film, like, do you remember seeing it for the first time or uh, what, what, what your thoughts on it were then as opposed to now or? Yeah, I completely remember seeing it for the first time. I think I was maybe like 13 or 14 when it came out. Um, so I was fairly young and I remember going with my whole family, which was a, we only went to like really specific movies because all of us kind of like had weird pockets of interest that didn't really overlap, but they kind of overlapped when I, we really loved like the Batman, like um, Tim Burton Batman movies. So that was like 
one thing we all knew we liked. <laughs> so we all mm-hmm. wanted to see Spider-Man together because we just assumed that would kind of fulfill a similar thing, which it did. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I remember seeing it and I loved it. To this day, Spider-Man, the first Spider-Man, Tobey Maguire is probably my favorite superhero movie, if I've got to be honest. I'm not oh, wow. super yeah. into I'm not super into the MCU. I do love um, Batman Returns. That might be my actual favorite, but um, that's fair. Yeah, that's a great movie. <laughs> yeah, it's my I love Michelle Pfeiffer, but um, yeah, I kind of like the sillier um, sort of high schooly. I don't know. I, I like the goofier stuff. So totally. I've never been super into the grittier stuff. I've never been really that into the Marvel Cinematic Universe as it exists nowadays. So mm-hmm. I have a really soft spot for spider-man and i love kirsten dunst she's one of my favorite actresses so she was a big lure for me as a you know teenager which is a little sad when you rewatch it now <laughs> she gets a bit, um I, i've you know i've seen some people comment that the character doesn't age super well in terms of like being very damsel and distressy but mm-hmm. she was at the time very much a lure for me so yeah i have a, a lot of love for this movie yeah, I think I, we've talked a lot about uh, Kristen Dunst on this movie, and and we we're we're big fans as well. We're big <laughs> fans of sort of like what her or what what the what this team's sort of take on on Mary Jane is, where she's mm-hmm. just sort of like a best of love interest kind yeah. of, <laughs> um, and and so she's just like this combination of all of these elements, which is really cool. Um, but I will say I'm excited to talk about the sequels because while. She absolutely gets kidnapped in the third act of every single movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, I I do think that they do really interesting stuff with her character outside of act three. Like if you take act three out of the equation, which you can't because it is part of the movie, but yeah. <laughs> everything that she does prior to getting kidnapped in every movie um, is actually like really strong and really interesting. And they're not afraid to like uh, allow her to allow that character to live in more of a realistic female character place instead yeah. of like on this pedestal for Peter. Um, like, you know, she, she's like telling him to buzz off at one point. Cause she just thinks that he's some random guy like talking to her on the, on the street. And, you know, it's, it's little stuff like that where, they're not afraid to let her be a little unlikable sometimes. And, and that's why like, I like she her. lies yeah. to him at one point, um, just straight up lies to him about where she works because she's like ashamed of where she works. Yeah. And that's kind of an unlikable thing to do, but they let her do it, which is kind of cool. I think. Right. I think I could also do with a few less, um, brawless rain scenes. Sure. Oh, well, yeah, <laughs> that's a hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but I remember there was, I agree. I, she kind of rises above certain um, tropey things, but that everyone's wrong. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I remember that was a, that was for some reason that was like a big thing with actresses in the early two thousands. Yeah. Like a lot of no bras, yeah. like a lot of no bras. It was you know, weird. I'm not, I'm not against a no bra stance, but I don't <laughs> feel like in case it's necessarily used in like a way anything other than like titillating for like right, a- yeah right, exactly yeah, yeah. Not, may- maybe not in a scene where it turns into a wet t-shirt contest yeah, exactly. maybe yeah. not maybe not that particular yeah on it. yeah absolutely twice <laughs> <laughs> two movies in a row but you know, uh, i don't hold stuff like that i mean the whole 
great thing about this stuff is that, you know, you sort of age with these things and you can look back and say, hey, maybe that didn't totally work well. But a lot of films don't age super well because we're constantly evolving and Mm -hmm. recognizing things that are more of an injustice. So I don't hold that stuff super against a film like this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, you know, even even stuff that like I'm really excited about now, kind of like everything that we make as creators, you know, comes from awful world that we live in and is going to carry the stink of awful world in different ways. And that like, you know, the the goal is to just keep getting better at it, not to like throw everything out with the backwater bathwater when we discover things we don't like about the things we like that exactly. it's, mm-hmm. it's possible to hold both ideas in your head simultaneously that like this aspect of the movie is awful or regressive or one, you know, whatever term you need to use for their situation, but also, you know, recognize the value in the film itself and vice versa that like, sometimes there's a film that like on the whole, I really don't like and really don't think is doing things uh, that help the world. I kind of want every like movie I see to be making the world a little bit better, but there's sometimes things in them that is redeemable or that helped you learn or something like that. So like, I think that's a more appropriate, mature way to, to approach it is that like, well, I'm not going to hold it against the the film in general, but I am going to hold it against the overall awful trend, you know, that like Mm -hmm. a movie in and of itself is both a text and is part of a larger cultural conversation of trends and things like that, that can be heinous and ugly and gross, but also there's stuff i mean this is a charming movie even though there's like mm-hmm. oh, come on guys moments or like yeah. <laughs> things yeah. we've seen in the script where we're like oh come on guys and i'm glad you cut cut that bit but the stuff that made it in every once in a while we're still gonna like have to shrug our shoulders and be like yeah mm-hmm. yeah it's 15 ish years ago and uh work in progress <laughs> well, to, bring it, to bring it back actually to this minute um mm-hmm. one of the things that i most remember about the spider-man film was that um my little sister and i had a lot of toys and stuff. And we had, I think it was her toy, but it was specifically from this moment. And it was a toy of the the balcony that Mary Jane is on as it like cracks off and falls. Oh, and really? Was, yeah, oh, I remember and, that. Yeah. Yes, yeah. And we had that toy. And I remember as a young girl, it's very rare to get a doll toy from a genre movie like this. That's like fully clothed. <laughs> you know, we had all of our like slave Leia dolls. So yeah. it was kind of, a big change to have like a girl in a full dress. And I remember they like made the doll very like bulky, but in like a, like a muscly way. <laughs> she was very, like, <laughs> princessy. Um, and that I... was one of our, one of my favorite toys. And I was like, just kind of reaching the age where I was like done with dolls, but I still remember like really fondly playing with that doll and like giving Mary Jane all these cool, like, situations like that were opposite like of spider-man just her own like independent <laughs> my, like head canon i guess for this character is like that all like kicking ass so That's awesome <laughs> yeah. that just reminded me i've for- completely forgotten this but i remember when this movie came out um because i was uh i was fi- uh 16 mm-hmm. right yeah 16 and i remember going to the toy store to check out the toys and not being super impressed with the toys. But the one thing that I did buy, I, they made, if you remember, they made special edition Barbies. Yeah. 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 And they made a Mary Jane and a Spider-Man and I bought both of those. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's, 
So those were like my two Spider-Man toys that I bought from this movie. I remember <laughs> was uh, was a was a Spider-Man Ken and a and a and a Barbie Mary Jane. That's incredible. Yeah, that's cool. I'm actually surprised that I don't have that because I was very much like kid who bought every Barbie <laughs> tie-in. So yeah. I'm surprised. But I do know what you're talking about. Yeah, because she was in this dress. Yeah, if I'm, if I'm I think not maybe mistaken. my sister did have the Mary Jane. Actually, now that I think about it, I remember like that dress being on like different Barbie. So I'm sure. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. Well, that's. Uh, I think that's all I've got for this minute. You guys have anything else? No, no. This is just yeah, fun watching and talking. <laughs> yeah. I think my only other comment on this scene was just that like Danny Elfman's score is very present in this moment which kind of uh-huh. brings it back to that tim burtony batman oh yeah yeah kind of recalls that to me a lot in this it, particular scene we we've been we've been calling uh calling up uh tim burton's batman a lot when we've yeah. been talking about this because it does feel like the culmination of that type of movie totally yeah. um yeah the evolution uh, yeah yeah, before where, where meanwhile, if you look at X Men, X Men looks like the beginning of like what became that sort of gritty, uh, like Nolan esque right. take yeah. on superhero stuff. Um, so it's it's fun watching this and knowing it's a culmination of a thing, uh, rather than the start of something. Yeah, uh, because everything feels like it's sort of at the top of its game. Yeah, yeah, I can agree with that. And that's that's yeah. a good thing to point out here so. because we haven't like touched on the Elfman score specifically in a while. Uh, and this is the one of the few times where he just sort of like lets out all the stops and we blow the, the you know, the doors off their hinges and just let it be very nakedly like heroic music, heroic moments sliding in, you know, um, it really, it really helps you get that. Like, I don't know, the hair stand up on the back of your neck and you feel like, Oh yeah, superhero. Like this is it right here. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's something about the music and the like when the when he leaps forward to actually save Billy, not the moment of grabbing him, but the leap off of the building into this big, deep swing with the music sort of, you know, crescendoing up that I I, I feel like that kid again watching Spider-Man when I was little, even when I'm like joking about it and picking apart now, the, the music still does that to you, which is, you know, a testament oh, to yeah. the quality of it. Yeah, absolutely. Mm hmm. Um, so Lindsay, uh, tell people where they can find you on the internet. You're in all kinds of places. Yeah. Um, you can find, well, if you want to find me on Twitter, I'm at Lindsay Romaine, um, Lindsay with an E and Romaine without an E at the end. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah. And you can find me, um, I write for a lot of different places. Um, I have some stuff coming up for Thrillist and Vice this week. I've also been on Vulture, um, Birth Movies Death, Marie Claire, um, Several places. So yeah. Just follow me on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Perfect. Uh, and we will be back tomorrow to talk about Minute 70. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.